This is a production for Equal Voice NL. My name is Gina Gill. I'm an independent journalist in Newfoundland Labrador. I'm here with Laura Lee of Equal Voice. And each day we're going to be interviewing a different candidate who's running for the municipal election. The name of our podcast is called Polyfem. And we're excited to speak with female candidates about their experience during the running. Today, Laura Lee and I are chatting with Deanne Stapleton, who's running for council in Ward 1. So Deanne, why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself. Grew up in uh, Laurier Street in Ward 1. Um, married, oh, be 33 years next week. I got three kids, I got eight grandchildren. Um, I went to Mon, I work. And, I don't know, uh, I grew up in, um, in Ward 1 and I chose to stay in the um, the East End because I love it there. I've seen it change so much over the years. Um, it's incredible where McDonald's is now. I used to hang out with my friends because it was a field. Now it's McDonald's and Wedgwood Park was just a little pool and there it was a town of their own and now they're entwined with the city and they got the new Paul Reynolds Center. So yeah, I... Um, I loved uh, Ward 1 and that's the reason why I've ran so many times for Ward 1 or for Council at Large in the past, I don't know, 20 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so why did you decide to run for City Hall this time around? Because I believe I got something to offer. Um, I find that um, residents and uh, City Council is not really listening to each other uh, there's a gap there somewhere um, 20 years running um, I don't know I think every time there's a there's election you get pumped and you think I can I can make a difference I'm gonna do it I'm gonna run and here I am yeah so uh, you were saying that you how many times have you ran Every election since 97, except for one, I do believe, it was either Ward 1 or Council at Large. Okay. And so what type, What you were saying things are missing, um, you know, in, at the city level. So what type of things you want to change specifically in Ward 1? Right now, with uh, they have a engaged St. John's, and I don't believe there's communication between residents and the citizens of St. John's. Um, there's certainly lack of communication. Engage St. John's is certainly a good starting point. However, everybody is not uh, connected to the internet. Uh, the young people are, the seniors are not. So I've decided that if I am elected as uh, councillor for Ward 1, that I will have a public monthly meeting quarterly. Um, to engage the residents of Ward 1 on what's happening. Um, You talked a bit about how it feels different this time. Like you've run a number of times and you feel like it's going really well this time. And you can definitely feel something different in the water right now in St. John's. A lot of people were upset that there was no women elected on the last council. And, you know, fortunately, Sheila ran and got elected in a by-election. Then we had our sole female representative. Um, But, you know, a number of women have come out and declared this time, including a trans woman. Yep, beautiful. Um, So... 
um, you know, what do you think is, well, okay, let's talk about the kind of reaction you feel you're getting on the doorstep and, you know, kind of why you feel it's different this time. Um, one, people say, oh, I recognize you. Your, your poster's down the road. Uh, two, gee, you ran before. I recognize the name. You ran before, right? And I'm her thinking, yes. And they say, well, I think uh, maybe it's your turn. Um, I'm going to vote for you this time. It's totally different at the doors now than what it was last time. Like, I, I'm pumped. If you can, if there's such a word, I'm pumped. I'm ready. I love knocking on the doors and hearing people's concerns. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think, and a lot of people are saying, um, there was no, there's no women. We need more women on council. You know, uh, last time was eleven men, mm-hmm. except for the by-election where Sheila won. Um, and even, and it's not just the women saying that; it's the men saying it too. They they'd like to see uh, you know women on council mm-hmm. so i think it's it, i think there's going to definitely going to be women and i'm going to be one of them <laughs> good for you <laughs> uh so we were talking a bit earlier before we started the show about some people saying that council should be a full-time job yes and uh you work full-time yes i do and uh you will continue working full-time i will while you're on council yes. uh do you want to tell us a bit about that they say that, you know, uh, city council is a full-time job. Yes, it is. But time management can certainly, if you're good at time management, you can easily, you know, work both of them, working and being a councillor. To the meetings, the council meetings is the wrong time. It doesn't open up for diversity on city council. Uh, young people, uh, people who has, uh, have careers, women the four o'clock meeting just doesn't cut it it just it leaves it for either retired people or unemployed people so i think that um the timing for the meeting should be changed for after supper not four o'clock in the afternoon yeah like we were saying uh people who are working want to continue with the career and yes a council is a short stint right it's only for you know you're you're you win four years if you're lucky and you do a good job, you'll get another four years. And there seems some of them on it. They're on it. Seems like a lifetime, but you know, that's not my intention. You know, I I I have a career, and I'm sure other people have a career that they're thinking, well, gee, I can't. You know, I'm not going to give up my career or my job or whatever to go on to go sit on council because you know it's not going to work. Unfortunately. But um, I think uh, changing the times and to after supper gives, you know, an opening to everybody. I think most councils are after supper. St. John's? Yeah. 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 So St. John's is 4 o'clock. And then if you have the private meeting before that, then you're looking at 3.30 or so, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you were on... um, our panel at FemFest when we yes. talked about the way female candidates are being treated by the media. And that was actually one of the reasons we wanted to start this podcast because we didn't like the way media were covering women and they weren't giving women an opportunity to talk about their policy issues and such. Uh, so we said we'd cover women ourselves. Okay. Um, so do you have any thoughts on kind of how you've uh, been covered as a female candidate? Well, I sent off media releases 
um, back in July on the 9th and nothing happened and I said oh gee I wonder I said did I do it wrong so I redid it again on the 10th and I sent a media release stating that you know I'm announcing my candidacy for Ward Bond um, and nothing not not one of our media caught on released it or anything but if I was a man done done deal right right away and right now all the incumbents are men and um, incumbents get um, attention as counselors um, which you know some of the candidates have argued that creates a, an incumbency advantage um, have you had a chance to talk about any of your policies or platforms in the media no no but I will say I ha- I will say um, there's a couple of uh, media outlets that have uh, you know mentioned my name more than male candidate or whatever so I'll, I'll give them credit where credit's mm-hmm. due but um had a hard time starting off mm-hmm. yes yeah, C- and cbc radio did um the um the morning show did a series on women in politics which was great and that was kind of around the time that a lot of the women started coming yeah. out and declaring but a lot the women didn't get a chance to talk about their policies and it was um it was very specifically talking about women in politics you know and the unfortunate side i mean it's it's great like equal voice gets a lot of immediate media attention lots of opportunities to talk about the barriers to women entering politics but you know we i mean it it is well established in political science research that it's harder for women to get coverage for their policy issues because what happened was um in, on the CBC website, it said that only two candidates had declared that they're running for um, municipal politics, and it was Sheila O'Leary and Meg Burton. And I'm here thinking, no, there's a third one. And if anybody would have read my media release, you would have known. So I sent a retypo because on the bottom of of the website, you could send a you know. Uh, if he made a mistake or something and I sent it back and I said excuse me I said there's three I'm the third woman running but nobody from the media decided to catch my name and right off the bat then I had an interview then with um, the morning show with CBC. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so I, th- I think the, the the media are trying to talk about uh, the need for more women in politics, but, well, actually, Gina wrote a, an article. It's time to talk about um, issues and not just the barriers at this stage, particularly because we've had so many female candidates come forward. Um, actually, did you want to say anything about... Uh, yeah, I think that we, you know... I've mainly noticed in the media that the coverage for women are the fact that they're women. And I don't think that that's the main issue at hand. So, for example, the same day that Ron Ellsworth decided to announce that he was changing positions, they had a two-page article on him. And the same day Sheila Larry decided to announce that she was changing positions, they released her media release. So um, instead of interviewing her and asking why, why are you changing positions? That's a big deal. Yes. Um, yeah. So and we chatted to you a bit about it at FemFest as well. Yeah. Um, what do you like? Has that when you said you were on the morning show and you don't need to shout it to them specifically? Was that the main focus? Your gender? I'm assuming yes, because like I said, I I went back to him and said, you know, you're missing one 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 woman here. You know, not just not just two. And I think if I didn't react to them at the time saying there's three women, 
I would never have had the opportunity to sit on CBC St. John's Morning Show. And that's a good point, too. Um, Like, if you don't like the way you're being covered or if, you know, something not factual comes up or something gets left out, you can call the newsroom and say, hey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, media will admit that they they do make mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and I understand that. But when you send out a media release to, you know, all the outlets, radio and television and not one catches releases and you know it was back in July month so maybe they weren't so concerned about what was happening with municipal politics but when you go back in May or June or when anything when Danny Brain decided to run for mayor then it was okay to talk about it mm-hmm. you know and I'm not putting down any any mail for you know running for council or anything but it seems like they get they get detention and the women don't. Yeah. Right. Like I said, I put out two media releases, one on the ninth, one on the tenth, and because I put it out the ninth and I, and they're, I said to my husband, I said, what happened? They didn't they didn't say anything, and he said, well, are you sure you got it all the correct ones? So I went back and I contacted somebody, and I said, what's your contact information for, for media? And she. Gave me back the list, and I went through, and I said, yeah, I got all them, so I'll, I'll do it again. And I added more, and nothing, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. I guess because I'm a woman, who knows? So um, you said you grew up in Ward 1, and clearly you've been trying to represent it for a while, and we talked to some of the other candidates about what the strengths of their wards are. Uh, I live in Ward 1 as well. So what would you say some of the strengths are of that ward, and how do you want to help um, empower those strengths of that ward if you were on council? Strengths. It's a fantastic ward. Uh, what can I say? Um, right now, I mean, years ago, you had to go to the center of town. You had to go to Avalon Mall to do your shopping. And now we got, you know, Walmart, Costco, you know, major um, big box stores. And then you, we got the new Paul Randall Center. I mean, awesome. Wow. Uh, it's grown. Uh, like, where Stavanger Drive is now, I mean, years ago, that was that was all trees and bushes when I grew up there, you know. Um, but then we got, yes, we got a lot of strengths, but there's a lot of weaknesses, too. I mean, um, Airport Heights, they're, they're complaining that there's no sidewalks going down from when you leave Airport Heights to go down to down Portia Cove Road. There's no sidewalk. That's that's not fair. I mean, that's not right. Sh- you should be able to connect from one area of Ward 1 to the next. We got our walking trails, which are fantastic. Um, what was, you know, it's it's growing, and it's it seems like it's, it's going to grow a bit more you know because um cost uh, besides costco well costco might believe in us but we got chester daw and we got canadian Tire all going down off on uh right rose place around that area so yeah it's 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 um gonna be a a bigger uh more vibrant um ward and i can see more young families moving into the area 
Yeah, because I think that Ward 1, it's it's industrialized on the outside. Yeah. But if you go on the inside, there's walking trails, big trees, yeah. some young families, yes. uh, old school St. John's. You're getting a bit of both. Yes. Um, and we talked a little bit about that, though. Some of the people are struggling um, with the new provincial budget and stuff like that. Uh, so what kind of things are you hoping to change to make it a little bit easier for families to live under the tight economic strength strains. Wow, that's a <laughs> loaded. That's a loaded one. That's a loaded one. But I mean, one. you know, think from your own experience. You're living it day to day. Yeah, families need a place to one relieve stress, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely relieve stress. Um, to me, the walking trails are a fantastic idea. However, I think there be should be more. Um, healthy living you know community gardens um, playgrounds that are a little bit more than a small tot place one example uh, would be I grew up on Laurier Street and when I when I was around I don't know 10 11 years old um, we used to get complaints about us hanging on the street because we didn't have nowhere else to go <laughs> So there was this big field in between Tupper Street and Laurier Street and all of us got together and we put this big barrier across Laurier Street and we got people to sign our petition saying that we want a playground. Uh, we did get it. Um, it was just swings and a few other things. There were supposed to be more equipment and that, but it didn't happen. But one thing was in the winter, uh, city staff used to come and hook on the hose to the hydrant and we used to end up having an outdoor skating rink. Wow, that's awesome. To me, that should be all, you know, revised. You know, it has to come back. Um, you know, picnic tables, you know, things that you can go in and you can sit down and you can talk to your neighbor and get community, you know, involved in your community and know your neighbor and, you know, almost like you know a neighborhood watch kind of thing where you get to know your neighbor you know mm -hmm. and then to me that brings uh, a vibrant community yeah and you have a lot of schools in that area so people are connected in a way through yes. the schools but then once they leave the school uh it kind of ends right there yes and i'm fine example um you know my kids are all growing i did sit on the mcdonald drives you know junior high school council and after that, it seemed like I lost my connection in the community, unless, you know, you ran into somebody at the supermarket or whatever. And I feel if there was more things to do in our ward, then I, I, I probably would have, you know, met more people and got more involved. Yeah. I find it's lacking of community places to go. Yeah, that's something I hear the female candidates talking about in particular, like this idea that we've lost our sense of community yeah. and that we, um, you know, we need to get back to a sense of neighborhoods. We need to get back to, um, you know, business development that's suitable for neighborhoods. We need to be able to get out and walk in the wintertime. Um, 
and you know it's interesting i think that it's the female candidates in particular that are bringing that forward like at least two have talked about the fact that you know being able to get out in winter is a postpartum depression issue like they'd had babies in winter time and couldn't get and out can. well i mean be be it would be awesome you know to have our walking trails plowed where people can go out and walk mm-hmm. or snowshoe or cross country ski or whatever but i mean we can't even get our sidewalks done <laughs> so i mean you know I'm I'm wishful thinking getting a getting a, a trail, uh, you know, snow cleared. But um, to get our sidewalks cleared, so people can walk it. I mean, take a child out and in a, put them in a stroller and a good brisk walk can relieve a lot of stress, especially for for moms with young babies. Yeah, and that you Paul Reynolds, Reynolds Center, like you said. However. The Paul Reynolds Center is booked the max. So yeah. clearly there was a want there. There was a high demand. Well, you got to look at it too. I mean, Paul Reynolds Center is, I mean, is fine in the winter, you know, if you got, you need to go somewhere. But we have such a short winter, uh, summer, that I believe that, you know, if it's hot out, you, know, you don't want to spend a day in, inside. You mm-hmm. want to be outside. You want to be active and you want to do stuff with your kids and my, or with me, my grandkids or whatever like you know outdoor activity to me is uh just as important as indoor activity yeah any in the in the winter as well yes i mean we got the loop in the winter mm-hmm. but i mean if i'm up in airport heights and i'm will just say i'm a single mom and i don't have a vehicle where am i got where am i doing what am i doing i'm either getting the bus or i'm i'm not going at all I'm not. I'm because, not going. You know, <laughs> that's it. To me, so this is where these little side, you know, when uh, you know, hook up your hydrant and spray the, uh, you know, a bit of uh, um, ground and freeze it, and there's an outside rink for everybody mm-hmm. around the neighborhood. You talked about speed being um, an issue in your ward, and I, I can totally see where that comes from because that speed's a walkability issue. I mean, um, I'm almost you know afraid to go out running in my community because uh, you know I mean people are driving these days and they're on their cell phones and they're texting. Um, so, do you want to talk about like why that's an issue in your ward? Almost every door I've knocked on has been the number one issue that's interesting it's speeding um patty Darwin drive um even Savannah drive yes they got the electric the electronic sign that says what your speed is is an issue um macbeth drive mm-hmm. it's huge up there you go up there and go, you go around the corner and all you see is these signs slow down slow down slow down it's unbelievable and there should be calming measures traffic calming measures put in place i mean there's nothing wrong with a speed bump to slow traffic down or you know uh, we can't have police up there because if you put a police uh, if you put a police car up on a street as soon as people see a police car they're going to slow down is there anything that the the city can do in terms of um an education campaign on safe driving uh, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. Um, It's a universal problem right now, I think. I personally think that speed limits through residential areas shouldn't be 50 anyway. It should be reduced. Yeah, absolutely. I can't walk down Torbay Road with my kid. No. Like, and technically that, even though it is very 
commercial, yeah. It's also residential. Yeah. If you want to get to any of these structures and stuff that we were talking about, you do have to come out to that point. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I, I believe that um, streets in 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 the residential areas. You know, like Tory Road or something. Yeah, Tory like is a bit you, different, yeah. There's nothing, you mean, it's 50, is 50. Yeah, and it know? should be, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But when you're going up Paddy Darwin Drive or you're going up Macbeth uh, uh, Street or, you know, Adder Drive or, you know, Carrick Drive, it shouldn't, the speed limit shouldn't be 50. It should be down to at least 30, mm-hmm. 30 or 40. Yeah. 30, because 30 is when you drive through, you know, school zones, right? Mm-hmm. There's kids out there playing, you know. What's what's the chances something's gonna happen? Yeah. But speeding is the number. <laughs> it's not the property taxes that that are high, right? It's either speeding or lack of sidewalks. Like, and I don't know what we're gonna do with speeding. I like we're gonna have to really um, sit down and have a a really good look at what we can do to deter sp- uh, people who's speeding. Um, do we increase more speed bumps? I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, though. I think it's an issue that has to be addressed. And this, and you know, it's not just in Ward One; it's all right. over the city. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think it's you know a coincidence that we've had all these women coming forward to run for office this year. And um, that one of the big issues is, you know, we need more of a sense of community. We, you know, we need to take care of our neighborhoods. Uh, we need a better match between, you know, business development and communities. That's the difference between women and men. <laughs> <laughs> we, we see things differently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, you know, that's, um, you know, women have a different lived experience for men is Co- Hope Jameson's big quote, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that and there's a reason the United Nations recommends that we have at least 30% women in our governing bodies. You know, it's one of the first questions I'm always asked, you know, why should we elect women? Um, you know, it makes for better governance for women and families and children. And, you know, it's, it's not a real surprise that at a time when, you know, kind of neoliberal economics has taken over and everything is getting paved over, that a bunch of women have come forward to run for office and talk about community and neighborhoods. Um, we, we've already talked about kind of the response that you've gotten at the door. One of the things that um, I've been asking all candidates is kind of um, because you know, I've been saying that Dorothy Wyatt was a really important uh, person to me when I was a little girl. Uh, you know, I was probably like five years old when actually, she, actually, she was mayor. Actually, when I was my first time running, I think it was 97, and I was running a council at large, and we went down to City Hall to watch the, you know, the count and everything. And I remember her looking at me, and, and she'd go in and she said, you keep going, she said. One of these days, she said, you keep going. And I always thought about that. Every time I ran, I always say, okay, should I, should I put my name on the ballot this time? Should I run? And then in the back of my mind, she's here saying, 
you keep going, you mm-hmm. keep going. So then I go, right? And I just remember her, you know, just being like she said what she wanted to say. She raised her hands whenever she wanted to, and she shouted whenever she wanted to. And, you know, um, like vote she would vote for white, she won't be quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember that so well. I mean, and that was kind of a real 70s thing because the, the women's movement, you know, was yes. kind of at its tight in the 70s and there was a lot of protests and stuff going on in the 70s. Um, but she, as a little girl, she was a really important role model for me. And, I, you know, like I kind of came out kind of talking about politics, right? And it never would have occurred to me that she, you know, I wouldn't have been able to be involved in politics as a girl because we had a female mayor. Yeah. So I've been asking all the candidates, like what kind of reaction have you gotten from little girls as you um, go out canvassing and campaigning? Some look at me and say, you know, they're, they're out playing and uh, they say, I say, hi, how are you? And they say, good. And they say, um, and what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm I'm campaigning. I'm running for election. And then I go knocking on the door, and the mom comes out, and um, I'll say, my name's you know Deanne Stephen. I'm running for council for Ward One, and he passed him the flyer, and and the little girls looking at at him saying, "Mommy, I seen her picture down on the <laughs> down the road," or, uh, "Mommy, why is what's that for?" You know, you know what is she doing? So I'm hoping that when they close the door, the mom is telling them, you know, that's the lady who's running in an election. Mm-hmm. You know, that maybe someday that you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember when I ran one time, my granddaughter. You know, she put she she made this sign and it said voting nanny stapleton nanny stapleton on it right and i still get it home to this day but that's her i'm getting her at that age um you know knowing what the election is and and whatever so i'm hoping that maybe one that she might follow in my, in my footsteps mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but um And I think we underestimate, you know, how important it is to little girls to see someone who looks like them running for office because they do react to it and they do ask questions. Um, And, you know, I always like to mention, like, the how the little girl, like, we underestimate how important those Hillary dolls were to little girls and how important it was to them to see a woman running for president President. of the United States, which is why she acknowledged them uh, in her concession speech and still acknowledges them on Twitter. Um. So, and interestingly, you also work in child youth and family services. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would think that you would have a, a kind of a unique perspective on kind of what it is to be working class in the city right now. Um, and, w- you know, what kinds of things we need to do to address poverty in the city right now. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's, that's a hurt. Poverty is it's hard. It's a really hard issue to talk about. Um, unfortunately, our city, you know, we do have when there's homeless people. Um, affordable housing is, mm-hmm. is a good start. Um, we had a the affordable housing strategy there a little while ago. It needs to be put up front. It's one of our main concerns, and it's not just for young people. It's for seniors too, um, and middle class who. Who are struggling, to, you know, either is either food or their rent, you know. So this is where the poverty, you know, issue is is 
happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I read in, in uh, I don't know if it was on Twitter or it was in the paper or something, that shelves are empty in, on a, in um, food banks. Mm-hmm. What can we do? And donations are down, and I think. donations are down. Like, how can we solve the problem? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, unless, you know, all governments kind of, like, work together to help solve it, you know? Uh, I mean, I think there's a big debate out there right now for efficiency in governance. Yeah. Right? Don't waste money. Yeah. I mean, you could probably cut the travel budget at City Hall in half and, you know. No, <laughs> nobody would care, but the you know the counselors who get yeah. to go to the who oil shows and yeah. the uh, the the cruise ship shows. And um, do you have any thoughts on where we can find efficiencies at City Hall? Um, well, stop wasting money, <laughs> right? You know, um, look at the the wage. I mean, everybody deserves a good wage. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm and I'm not telling saying no. You you know you you need a rollback or whatever, but you need to look at um, the employees' wages, see if we're on par with other cities mm-hmm. and our government uh, workers. You know, um, how many uh, you know assistants of assistants do you really need <laughs> down in city hall? You know, just too many doing the one job. So, you got to look at. This, yeah, there's talk. probably opportunities to benchmark city halls yes. against other municipalities. I mean, St. John's is a really unique municipality in a lot of ways. I think it's it's sometimes it's hard to find places to benchmark it against. I mean, I think the most common one is to benchmark it against Halifax, and I'm not sure that even really works. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it's something that taxpayers are demanding right now. It's I think more efficiency. We, we, yeah, we really need to go in and look at you know. The, the people who you know who work there you know do we need four or five of those same worker who can do probably one job you know uh, we got to look at efficiencies we got to look at how we're spending our money where it's going to um, like I got no problem with you know um, arts community and whatever but then you know it, if it's feasible give it to them if it's not, then we can't, you know. Uh, our transit system desperately needs to be improved, right, um, which would, cu- you know, lay back the number of cars on our road, which hopefully then, you know, our streets weren't going to be as bad as they are. Um, I don't know. What other issues, ways to do it? I don't know. Until I get down there and you know really look get in and look and see exactly where the you know the money is being spent i can't say anything because i don't know mm-hmm. you know like some of these counselors they can say well you know we can you know stop spending money here and here and here but they're down there they're seeing it as a, a newcomer i haven't seen it i don't know you know you don't have access to the full financial information right. until you get on the inside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if you put a chartered accountant on your campaign team and got, took advice from them on city finances, there's going to be stuff that they're not going to have access to. No. no. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's 
Which is why we see governments get in all the time, and after they get in, and it's like, oh, gee, we didn't know the finances were as bad as this. Because yeah. 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 you can't tell from you the outside a lot of times. No, no yeah. you can't. And, you know, as newcomers and stuff, and we're trying to get in, we don't have access to that kind of information. And one thing that's really refreshing in this election, I think people are actually saying that. It's like we don't know until we get inside. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, uh, a lot of the other candidates we were chatting to, speaking of that, um, are really hip to transparency. Um, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that, like being transparent to the public about council meetings and, you know, other issues? If you're not an efficient council or city, then you're not efficient, right? Uh, efficiency is number one in any uh, good run corporation or you know provincial government or federal government or whatever if you you know you got to be transparent you got to be efficient do you have any thoughts on campaign finance like some of the candidates are talking about releasing their donors list um you know <laughs> i can release one because I, I got i got you know very few you know i don't to me you know they say that you know some counselors are getting you know big donations from the corporations and then they wonder you know okay so if I get in you know I'll shoot that one aside or, or whatever people should know who is donating to counselors when they when when they're running mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, if they are donating there should be you know corporations if cor corporations or unions are donating to certain counselors it should be a cap put on it lower than what it is now right but at the end of it when um, all counselors do have to put in where their money um, comes from right at the end yeah. yeah okay that's pretty much all I had yeah yeah me too is there anything you want to add no just vote for Dan Stapleton for Ward 1 <laughs> yeah good luck <laughs> thank you thank you